Milwaukee. Oh, Milwaukee! Are you ready? to the DWI podcast. My name is PC Tony. I am your commissioner and the commissioner of the United States of the Americas. And I am joined as always by the main man, the scientist. He used to be an architect. It's him. It's DPP. I can only be one. I don't know you. Whatever. I don't care. Fine. He's all of them things. Now we're going to move on because it's being difficult as well. Let's bring in the phenomenally funky fresh. And well, and I'm reading Andrew underneath you. It's hilarious. I went there because of your word to the Skype. It's got it right underneath your face. And my, it's AJ. It's Adam. Adam. Adam Belaz. AJ. The phenomenally. Now let's take two. Welcome in the phenomenally funky fresh. AJ Velez. Look at that hair, folks. Dean Arthrob. Look for him on Tiger Beat next month. May edition. Coronavirus. <laughs> Who to look at while you're uh-huh. the coronavirus uh, pandemic. Check out Tiger Beat's AJ Velez. You know, you think after 20 years, I'd stop being called Andrew for my life. <laughs> Swear to God. If you could see my screen, your face, your brother's oh, name is right. No, I don't know you guys, on it. Yeah, I... I and I would have never made that mistake otherwise. Let's move on, okay, and forget about it forever. <laughs> Let's bring in it, – it's not only a DWI podcast, folks. Once again, and we love to do this around the biggest times of the year because it's one of my favorite people to talk wrestling with. has been for a number, number of years, DPPs as well. This is not only DWI. It's Attitude of Aggression podcast and none other than Big Dave. What is up? Fellas, can I call AJ Adam or Andrew the entire show like uh, Undertaker, just talking first names to everybody the whole time? Preferably not Andrew, but yeah, I'm fine with Adam. <laughs> uh, a pleasure to be back, as always, on the DWI podcast in a collaborative effort here, you know, because there's not enough collaboration going on in the world these days. You're here, that's for sure. Tony drinks. Drinks his Broken Skull IPA. Sure. All right, Deep. See, you brought it up. Let's do it. DP, what you drinking? Drink it in, man. Fuck you, I'm drunk. Fuck you, I'm drunk. Pour my beer down the sink. I got more in the trunk. Fuck you, I'm drunk. Fuck you, I'm drunk. And I'm going to be drunk till the next time I'm drunk. All right. Go IPA. AJ, Adam, what are you drinking this week? I'm uh, drinking Jim Beam Red Stag. Goes down pretty smooth, surprisingly. 
Awesome. Tastes like Robitussin. Oh, got a bottle of that over here at the bar. That's nice. Excellent. Hey, DP, where you at? Wow, this will be interesting. I'm actually drinking a margarita. Hey! Good, good for you. I, I, I don't know. Fair, the Dillonator was, was really wanting margaritas, so she made a trek over to the local consumer uh, alcoholic store. Um, and she wore her mask, don't worry. Picked up some margarita stuff, so. Enjoying margaritas and soon to be fajitas later. See, my only problem with what you're doing is you're drinking out of a straw there. I need it uh, over ice, not crushed, and I need the salted rim. I'm sorry, I need the salted rim. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. salted rim, but over ice. Whatever. Yes, that's right, Dave. I enjoy when my rim gets licked. What are you drinking or plan on drinking later, Dave? (laughs) Wait a second. Can we back up just a second to your rim getting licked? (laughs) I don't Uh, know. You're going with that. Did that happen there? That sounded like some, you know, subliminal man shit. What are you drinking right now or later? Uh, right now, I'm just drinking like a Monster Energy Ultra Paradise. But uh, I'll probably be switching to the alcohol in a little bit. You know, I, I don't know if I'll get my rim licked, but you never know in this house. Oh boy, what the hell is happening? <laughs> what's the right new? What's the, before we finish this segment? What's the newest? Uh, you know, and people, just so you know, women are way sicker than men. What are the women wanting to watch now after One-Eyed Monster? Oh, no, they didn't want to watch. They, because they watched One-Eyed Monster, now Amazon Prime thinks it knows what the girls want to watch. So it populated on their playlist, Confessions of a Teenage Placenta. And this is the most ridiculous shit that I've ever even heard of. This The description is like, you've got to be shitting me. What What were they actually going to do with this thing? Let's... Let me see if I can read it. It's awfully darked out on this phone, but I mean, fuck. Uh, yeah, forget it. She didn't, when, a, when a female bodybuilder gives birth to a living placenta, this is real, guys, she decides to raise it as her own child. I, I, I got nothing. I got nothing. It up. I really don't feel like you're making it up as you go. I'm not. I could, I could not make shit like that up. I mean, I'm I putting just, down the no. glass and grabbing the bottle. all right and that's been another edition of what you drink in all right dp let's let everybody know what's happening it's actually an edition of what you smoking actually yeah (laughs) let's let everybody know what's happening on this co-edition of attitude of aggression and dwi podcast well well we're waiting Oh, God. All right. So first of all, to start the show this week, there's going to be more placenta talk. No, that's not true. <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna. Hey, uh, AJ, pass umbilical. that bottle through the screen, okay? <laughs> we're, re- we're reviewing umbilical cords and um, how to stop from getting your stretch marks. No, actually, we're gonna review WrestleMania. That seems the most logical thing. And in order, in. in in uh, you know, in honor of this reunion, a revival of friends, if you will, we're going to have uh, said last call of such nature. DPP, ring the bell. Anyone for penis? No. <laughs> there you go. That was so. <laughs> so. The okay. Only the only WrestleMania too big for one podcast <laughs> takes two. Oh, there you go. There you go. Perfect. I like it. Gentlemen, 
Your biggest takeaway from WrestleMania, Big Dave? That, I mean, I said it before. We said it on Bandwagon Nerds. That was not WrestleMania, in my opinion. I understand that's what they called it. That's fine. Great. Call it what you want. It was not WrestleMania. It was some event we'd never seen before. And on that front, fantastic. Great. But, yeah, I I understand legally. Next year, it'll be WrestleMania 37, all that kind of shit. But that was my biggest take is whatever they did, the show that they put on was fantastic. I just have a real problem wrapping my head around that's WrestleMania. That, 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 that's something different, and I'm cool with it, but that was my biggest take from it. AJ, don't call me Andrew Belez. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I agree with Big Dave right there. It wasn't Mania, but it was it was a great show. Some things that I don't agree with, but, you know, that's with every single person with an opinion. But, no, it was a good show. It was a good watch. And then, you know, we're going to talk about the one trip that's basically an acid uh, trip, but I enjoyed the acid trip. <laughs> DP? They were definitely missing the pageantry and the pomp and circumstance that WrestleMania brings, and that I think that hurt it quite a bit. Like Big Dave, and like we've been saying for a while, it's just it's not doesn't feel like WrestleMania. It wasn't it wasn't WrestleMania in the sense that they just didn't have the pomp and circumstance, and that's what I think hurt it the most. If it was just a show, some of the matches were really good. That I, I liked the atmosphere. I thought it was definitely unique. I definitely didn't care for some of the stuff, um, but it's just it was a great show. Just without the pop and circumstance, it just didn't feel like WrestleMania. Obviously, real quick, I want to tell everybody before I forget because this is the main thing that I took away from WrestleMania that I wanted to start with before I get too drunk here is and DP. While I'm doing this, if you could look for Michael Buffer, let's get ready to rumble. I'd appreciate that real quick because I know you have that. So. The, the biggest thing, my favorite thing from WrestleMania, and I tweeted it out Monday, and I thought they really missed it on the montage uh, for Drew McIntyre winning the title, is when he won the title, he was on his knees, and he, he finally looked into the camera, and he reached out to the camera, and you could feel it was a real legitimate thank you that he was he was reaching out to the fans that his biggest moment of his entire career that was supposed to be surrounded by nearly uh, a tenth of a million people just cheering him on, couldn't be there, but he could still feel it, and he still wanted to reach out to those people. And I thought that should have been made more poignant at the end of that montage on Monday. I thought, for me, that was my favorite part of the entire WrestleMania, which I really enjoyed. DP, do you have that sound now? There you go. Now, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Dave, last year was WrestleMania 35. Next year is WrestleMania 37. That means this year they had WrestleMania. It was WrestleMania 36. Yes, yes. I understand I, this. I can do I, basic said, rudimentary math. You, I can. You said yeah. on Bandwagon Nerds we would save this for this show. And I said that, and you all were right, holding back your right. comeback, so fire back. Here's the thing is I understand it, it, it is you're you guys are right. It, it was WrestleMania. That's what in the record books. It's going to show WrestleMania. But my thing was like I in my in my gut and my feeling. It's like I understand I was watching WrestleMania. But to me, that wasn't 
it just it, it wasn't what they were proclaiming it to be. In my opinion, you guys are right. I ca- I cannot dispute that. Yes, legally, technically, officially, that was WrestleMania 36. But if you're telling me that you looked at that and say, "Oh yeah, that's that was WrestleMania worthy," then you're only lying to yourself. So that's my retort. You are absolutely correct. In the record books, that's WrestleMania 36. But if you really consider that, say, "Damn, that was one that a lot that that had some great WrestleMania moments." Eh, I don't think you can really say that. It was not the glorified house show that we predicted it would be on the preview show. That's for sure. But um, you know, that's that's my thing. Yeah, it's going to be hopefully, hopefully we get a rest a proper WrestleMania next year, and we're not still sitting here in our. Uh, isolation forever and ever and ever you know hopefully there'll be something that happens but you know i don't know i don't know what you what else you want me to say look yeah it's like it's i feel i feel like the next lines to this argument if it were a soap opera it it should be i i would be like are you calling me a liar and you should be like well i ain't calling you a truther (laughs) no you guys are right it it is i'd have no great retort for that other than that me personally that, I'm not going to look at that and say, yeah, that was WrestleMania. Will it be memorable? Absolutely. Will there ever be another WrestleMania like it? Nope. But empty arena? And that, like you just said, that moment with Drew McIntyre where he's reaching out to an audience that he can't actually see, I get that. He's trying to connect with somebody out there. But he shouldn't have had that kind of moment should have been shared with 80,000 people. That, that, you, you cannot tell me that that moment wouldn't have been 10 times bigger in your mind with 80,000 people there than the way it went down. 100%. But at the same time, I mean, this is a show that's going to continue to go on. So it happened. I mean, we got some weird shit out of it, and some things are going to change moving forward. And I think we're going to relate that to some of the matches we're going to talk about coming up here. I, I want to start I want to start with AJ, and I just want you to pick your favorite match from WrestleMania, and we're going to start there. Besides Firefly Funhouse or Boneyard. Because those we're going to talk about last. Damn it, there goes the acid trip. Can't pick the movies. Yeah. So pick, really any other, pick any other match that was your favorite, and that's where we're going to start tonight. My favorite match out of that Mania would probably be, even if it was very weird because of how they had to do it, was the triple threat ladder match for the SmackDown tag titles. Where Morrison... He won, and it makes me so happy because, heck, I'm the phenomenally funky, fresh AJ. It was very AJ Styles from when he won the X Division Championship uh, against uh, Kaz and, or not Kaz, Saban and uh, Petey Williams, where he reaches out and he just grabs it and pulls it down on his own. Morrison basically did that. He pulled the titles where it's like, well, I was the first one to pull down the titles. I don't care if I landed on a ladder. I'm still the champ. Dave, how did that match come across to you? No Miz. They decided to revert it and still defend the tag titles. Only three guys, you know, only one half of each team in the ring. I I mean, I love the match. I thought it was fantastic. It's, uh, you know, you've got three three really good workers and two elite workers in one match with Kofi and, and Morrison. Uh, Jimmy Uso a little bit out of place there, but he took a lot of the bumps. He took a lot of the beating in that match. But uh, I thought... Would you have put E or or J in instead of either no. Kofi or Jimmy? 
Oh, absolutely not. I mean, I, I think Jimmy and Jay interchangeable for the most part. Uh, you would not. I would not have wanted Big E in that match. Kofi was the right choice. Morrison was the right choice. They're the ones with the, you know, Morrison's got all the parkour skills. Kofi, we've seen him do some crazy shit in ladder matches. This is that match between the New Day and the Revival ladder match a few months ago where Kofi just jumps on the ladder out of nowhere. So I think they made the absolute right call with who they want had in the match. I love the way they did the match. It, it, it could not be easy to do a ladder match in an empty arena like that. But man, they, those three guys really brought it. Uh, I would say that there's probably three matches that I look at at WrestleMania, maybe four that really stood out. This was definitely one of them. And uh, I love the match. I thought it was, I thought it was a, a, a great, uh, that ending was very unique the way they did it. Like AJ saying, it, it harkens back to some stuff uh, from impact. I mean, there's been other matches where we've seen, you know, like what, when razor won the title from Sean at WrestleMania 10, he grabs a belt, falls to the mat, that sort of thing. Um, those kind of moments stick with you because it's like, it, it's a dramatic, it's not, I just unhooked it and here it is. You know, this one, Everybody unhooks it, and it's Morrison who ends up getting knocked down. Uh, that couldn't have been easy to pull off, I mean, and he did it flawlessly. I mean, one little fuck up there, and the whole thing doesn't work, and he did it, you know, immaculately. So I love the match. I Would I have liked to have seen it be the tag teams? Yeah, maybe, but those, if you, I think we all agree that the tag team ladder matches can be real hit and miss, and usually you get a triple threat ladder match. Those more often than not come off okay, and this was no exception. So I love the match. Well, you can definitely, yeah, that can be an issue when you get too many people in there. Like like you said, with the tag team matches, it can get a little clustered and, you know, not make it as good of a match. The triple threats are always pretty darn good when it comes to ladder matches. And, and the unique ending was especially the big thing, right? It, we've never seen that type of ending in a ladder match in WWE at least. And they were very creative with it and did it made it look pretty awesome by having them. Like I said, they all kind of unhooked the whole thing. And then Morrison gets knocked off and it takes the belts down with it while they're standing up there holding on to the little, the coat hanger and, you know, made it look awesome, made it look like a really good finish. And I, I liked that about that. I think they put on an amazing match as, as we expected them to do anyway. And they did some creative things and came up with that type of ending, which I thought was very cool. It gives both of them and both teams an out and yet keeps the titles on Morrison and Miz and keeps some heat on them too, because they won by kind of a fluke type of ending. And so it, it works really well for the story going forward too. I thought it was the best wrestling match right there with another match that same evening that we'll get to. Um, on, the, on a side note, kind of a lateral move, John Morrison to me is a guy who should, before his time is up with WWE, pull the world championship on one brand or the other. I mean, the way he's come back and has control of his character, his physique alone, that is, he's a big freaking dude right now with a lot of past, and he could be huge for them. You talk about, you know, no disrespect to the guys that they've had in their movies, but this is a guy who should be in their movies. I mean... I could see him actually bringing WWE movies to a higher level uh, if he starts doing that kind of scene with them. So that's kind of my last thought on that match. DP, you had to have had a favorite match at WrestleMania. What, what would that have been? For me, honestly, my favorite match was the opening match to night two or night two of WrestleMania. Charlotte Flair, Rhea Ripley for the NXT Women's Championship. 
I thought that was a fantastic wrestling match. I thought they told a really good story. I love the John back and forth that they did between them. You know, the fact that there wasn't a crowd that really helped. And I know we'll, we'll talk about that with some other matches too. And this one, this one was just as great. I thought they told a really good story of Rhea Ripley when she, you know, they, they played off the knee injury and she sold it really well after they started it. And, you know, she showed good offense that she could hang, but yet, you know, Charlotte Flair with the experience and everything else still took the title at the end of it, you know, where Rhea Ripley tried her best and could, you know, really tried to win that thing, but just couldn't do it anymore. And I think that's going to make an awesome story going forward, whatever they end up deciding to do. And having Charlotte Flair on NXT, however that's going to play out, you know, we know she has a number one contender match now, you know, the number one contender got, you know, picked on NXT this week and should be an awesome match there. And I think she can do some really good things for that women's division and just help elevate however long she stays, help elevate a few of those women even more to just, um, you know, really bolster that women's division that really needs it across the board. Uh, but that, yeah, between the, that, that match with them too, and I know Rhea Ripley's, you know, almost the same physique and same height and everything as Charlotte and has some this amazing potential, whatever they end up doing with her if they move her to SmackDown or Raw anytime soon. But it's just, it's it made things look really bright for the women's division for as bleak as I feel it's gotten and what they haven't done with building up the women's division recently. That was one that really helped, I think, and it's going to help in the future. Dave, what do you think about Charlotte probably doing double duty, uh, you know, short term here, NXT and SmackDown? Oh, I mean, she can do it. Charlotte's got the talent. She's got the charisma. She's got, I, I mean, the way that, I, I mean, I like the Charlotte Rhea match. And there are some problems with it. Rhea overselling and just too fucking loud uh, and selling it just too loud. That's where the empty arena was a big problem where it's just like. Girl, you got to tone that shit down a little bit. You know, you sound like you're being murdered or fucked one or the other. Maybe both. And I'm not really sure. So, uh, you know, <laughs> but Ooh, here I, we go. I, I, I like the match a lot. Um, I, I don't know. What's that? Anyone for penis? <laughs> maybe Rhea. She might have been. Maybe the maybe her work visa wouldn't have expired had she done that. But oh, was that out loud? I'm sorry. That's the rumor. That's the rumor that. Um, but uh, I I mean I liked the match, but I I I question some of it. Like if you're trying to do this match to make Rhea look as strong as possible, I'd say that was a little hit and miss in this match because to me Charlotte just looked like the dominant one for. 75% of the match, Mia got or Rhea got some flurries in here and there. She looked good. You know, you put her next to Charlotte, and the whole thing about her being a mini Charlotte, and you watch them together, it's like, yeah, they got a point. You know, there's not much of a size difference between you guys. Uh, Charlotte is just a, a transcendent superstar, and she's still got a lot of years in front of her. And I mean, you just look at what she's done, her body of work. She elevates everybody around her. I agree with DP that she's going to elevate the competition of the NXT women's division around her. I, I don't necessarily think that they need it. They, they are really stacked and they've got a lot of talent, but yeah, if you're going to tell me that she's, you know, Io Shirai is going to work a match with Charlotte or Candice LeRae is going to work a match or Mia Yim or anything like that. They're only going to get better from doing that. Um, she doesn't need to be on raw right now. We don't know what's going on with Becky. 
Um, but now you've got Bianca Belair on Raw. You've got Nia Jax has come back. Who knows what the hell they're going to do with Becky? But I, I don't really think, you know, you don't need Charlotte on Raw right now. They, they She's just kind of like lost in the shuffle. What's she going to do? Challenge Becky and unify the titles? I mean, and I, and I, I just, I mean, we'll talk about Becky in a little bit, I'm sure. But I think I, it's great, man. Let Charlotte go between the two brands. I think she'll help make NXT better. Um, I, I, you know, I was really surprised me that Charlotte won this match. I thought it was about making Rhea, solidifying her as a legitimate champion, which does make you think, well, maybe the rumors were true. Maybe they just had to get the belt off of her. Uh, but yeah, I, I think Charlotte and both brands is, is a good deal. And, um, she's uh she is, she is a once in a lifetime competitor right now and just continues to get better every single year. So kudos to her. I've been saying it for probably 15 to 18 months. Charlotte Flair is the most valuable wrestling talent on the planet. She is quite possibly top three wrestler in the world. And, you know, what's funny that could come from this is Rhea Ripley doesn't really need to beat Charlotte. She can benefit just from being in a match with Charlotte that's really good. Uh, so could so could Io. So could Mia. But think about like a Tegan Knox or a Dakota Kai winning that NXT title from Charlotte. Someone like that needs to beat Charlotte, not just be in a match with Charlotte. So I think WWE could really take advantage of Charlotte holding that title, bring, putting over people like Rhea and Io and Mia in matches where she beats them and brings them up to her level. And then taking someone, like I said, the aforementioned Dakota Kai, Tegan Knox, et cetera, et cetera, and having this big, human, humongous victory over Charlotte, which is more of a catapult, AJ. And I completely agree where, you know, having just Charlotte Flair as your champion and try to have someone win it off of her is monumental in itself, where I think, you know, the rumors of it was because Rhea's visa expired so they had to take the belt off of her i think another rumor said that charlotte's actually going to defend the title on raw and nxt we'll see for the future but as everyone will probably say in online or whatever oh it was bs because charlotte won then charlotte's playing her role perfect she's like the perfect heel she's the main heel in the women's division you're supposed to hate her. Like, of course that's, uh, that's how it was supposed to happen. Rhea facing her was a phenomenal match. And yes, I agree with Big Dave where I'm pretty sure at some points I needed to mute my television because there was so much moaning that I thought my neighbors thought I was watching porn out loud. But... <laughs> to that free free premium free premium AJ. There you go. Stay home, <laughs> Stay home hub, baby. Yeah. But... It was a great match. Rhea sold the knee perfectly and then finished it up with the figure eight. It, it was just perfect. You're supposed to hate Charlotte. That's why people are like, eh, that was an awful match. No, it wasn't. You just hate the person that won. Simple as that. We can we can finish that topic right there. That That's a very good point. Dave, your favorite match from Mania. Well, let's see. We've talked about the ladder match. We've talked about Charlotte and Rhea. So I'm going to stir the pot here, and, and we might as well get this out of the way. Uh, I don't know if it was my absolute wait, wait, favorite, wait. but... Is yeah. it Gronk winning the 24-7 title? Damn it, Tony. You figured it out, man. figured it out, man. And if only we could have a dance break. Can we have a dance break, Dan? <laughs> I don't think we can have a dance break. 
That's horseshit. All right, go um, ahead, Dave. Um, I want to talk about Edge and Randy Orton, the last man standing match. And, uh, man, talk about some polarizing opinions with this match where you've got Meltzer and Wrestling Observer Radio saying it was the most boring match in WrestleMania history, which I think is absolute stupidity and bullshit. But, um, I mean, the thing is, I watching the match, I realized it was going long. No, I didn't realize that, that next to the Iron Man match, this is the longest match in the history of WrestleMania. That that I did not realize until afterwards, but I didn't have the problems that a lot of people had. I didn't have a problem with the pacing. Um I thought that the 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 you know when they were counting these guys out, I mean the start of the match was great where Randy Orton comes in with that RKO, hits a second one and you're like, "Man, this actually might be over really quick." And then it just keeps going on. I understand people being upset about the hanging thing in the gym. And I, I really doubt that they were out there doing that to say, hey, man, let's make fun of Chris Benoit. Come on, people. You really fucking think they're going to do something that stupid? No. It was just convenient. It's like, well, we're in a gym. Let's do something. Uh, there was some innovative stuff. Edge climbing up in the uh, in the grating in the ceiling and dropping an elbow on Randy Orton. Um, yeah, I mean, look, they could have made the match 10 minutes shorter. That's fine. But really... What the hell else did they have to do? You could see where Edge has kind of evolved as an actor, where he was selling the conflict, that he, the internal conflict he had, where I've got to destroy this bastard, but I still kind of like him. He is still my brother, but I still got to destroy his ass. Um, I thought the match was tremendous. I thought you've got two. One of them's a Hall of Famer. The other one's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, Edge didn't take it easy. You know, we thought a lot of this match would be a, a way to hide some of Edge's problems and, and protect him, that sort of thing, and not subject him to too much. And that is not what we got. I mean, when Edge takes that draping DDT on the truck, um, that's not really good for your neck. Some RKO's on top of a of a semi. Um, I love the end. You knew. I mean, I think one of us, one of us, I think it was my, maybe AJ said in the previous show that it was going to end with a concerto. One of us said that it wasn't me, but it was probably AJ. One of us said I think Dan. it was deep. It was Dan. Lot. Okay. DPP said that you were absolutely right. And that was the right way to end it. That was where edge stops the count and says, no, no, this is the way it's got to end. Yeah. I think the match went long. I can live with that. I love the match. I, I am not one of these people who is on the fence that, Oh, that was too long and it was boring and it sucked. I love the match. I had no problem with the length of that match. Honestly. I mean, I thought that's, that it should go that long. I felt like, yeah. Okay. Sure. Some of the pacing maybe was a little slow at some points, but that's a last man standing mm -hmm. match, and you got two guys, like you said, one, you know, a Hall of Famer and future, you know, guaranteed first ballot Hall of Famer in there, and these guys want to beat the ever living hell out of each other, and they're not going to stop at anything to win the match and not be, you know, counted out, basically. So, what's going to stop them from having this match go long? I think that's what it should be. Those, those matches should be long, those matches should be drawn out and be like, Oh, shit, he's finally going to be down. Nope, he got back up, man. This should be the end of the match. Nope, he got back up. That's the way these matches should go, just like a two out of three falls match. Those shouldn't, a fall shouldn't happen in a minute and a half, or the first two falls shouldn't be in, you know, a minute, while, you know, and then the last fall takes forever. These should drag out and be long, hard, grueling battle matches, you know, between these between the guys to finally get them to stay down for the count. That's the way these should go, and I thought it was perfectly done and, and, and wonderful to watch and was like you said you know he's obviously not holding back on anything which is great and i think that's the only way he you know edge would have wanted it if he could if he couldn't do things 
100% like he did before, he wasn't going to do this. And, you know, I thought they did a wonderful job and, and took a nice took us on a nice little tour of the Performance Center, which was cool. And That's I, true. Yeah. I enjoyed all of that. I enjoyed everything they did in this in this entire match. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Like the RKO, like the double RKO from the beginning, that was beautifully done. It's like, all right, I weakened him. There's no way he's going to get up. The gym spot, yeah, that was a little sketchy or very controversial. You know, a, a Canadian with a with a bow flex right there. That's kind of bad. But um, <laughs> no, <laughs> but uh, no, that match was beautifully done. Who cares if it was? 10, 15 minutes too long. That is the internal struggle that they had where, you know, Randy kept saying, you're my brother. I love you more than Beth ever would. That's why it took forever because it was supposed to be heart-wrenching. It was supposed to be slow where you had to think, God, do I have to, can I hit the spear on him right now? Or can I RKO him onto this metal sheet or whatever? It was beautifully done. Especially the ending where Edge literally told the ref to shut the fuck up on the count. Where it was, no, I have to end this with the concerto, like DP said. And that's the way that it ended. It was the way that it began, it's the way that it should end. It was beautifully done, it was well written, well integrated into the story perfectly for the 20-25 minutes that it was. It was supposed to be very... Oh, who could win? Oh, is he going to actually do it? Is Edge actually going to climb up the ladder and do the elbow drop on the Orton in the middle of the match? Or, or the uh, the ceiling great spot that everyone loved where it was like, is he actually going to climb up there? Did the elbow drop? It looked amazing. It was supposed to be a long match. It was supposed to be should I or shouldn't I. I'm pretty sure if I fought my brother right now, I could just hit him with a chair, but that's besides the point. I'll watch that. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll pay to watch that too. But still, that that's basically what the entire match is supposed to be. Where it's supposed to be, I care about him, but he's under my skin. I'm supposed to be this asshole. I'm supposed to go all out against him, but I love him. So, yeah. I'm sorry. Right. I love you. <laughs> yeah, if you went full Shawn Michaels on Ric Flair, that would have worked too. The concerto at the end, and he looked conflicted because he did the concerto. It was a perfect ending. Screw whoever says it was an awful match because it took too long. It's supposed to take long. Yes. So I, I really enjoyed this. I didn't think anything was controversial. I think this kind of this whole controversy thing with the, the, the strangling thing, it kind of came up a couple days later when someone went, oh, that's kind of like this. You know, I, I heard it wasn't planned. I thought the whole match was great. I thought it was a little long. I also thought, I also thought Flair and Rhea was a little long, but, you know, uh, whatever. They were both really good. Um any other thoughts anybody didn't get out and want to rebuttal on anything on this one? Because this was one of the bigger things that happened at WrestleMania. I, I think we... Go ahead, AJ. I was about to just say, like, not really, no. It was, like I said, that was beautifully done. The ladder match was beautifully done with the finish, and then the uh, Rhea Flair match was beautifully done, so I really don't have a complaint with any of those. Dave? 
No, I mean, just, just like we're saying, I mean, everything that you said, I, I mean, they did a great job of really sucking you in, got the emotions going. You, they, you, you, it's hard to emotionally attach yourself to a match. And I thought they did an excellent job on that. I don't know what the hell, well, I don't give a shit what Meltzer says anyway, but you know, I, I don't know what they were looking for as to whether they were looking for how many last man standing matches have we seen that's over in 10 minutes, one big spot. That's it. It's all over. You know, that sort of thing. I mean, this was this was done the way, like like AJ was saying, the way I think a last man standing match should be done. So there were other matches on WrestleMania, um, like the Street Profits becoming victorious, uh, Alexa, Alexa and Cross Applesauce. Uh, they they won the tag titles on that side. Uh, Sammy Sammy Zayn retained, I, if I remember correctly. Sammy Zayn did retain over Daniel yeah. Bryan, yes. Yeah, that's how much I remember that match. Um, other things <laughs> happened, but I, there's three things I want to talk about before we get to the Boneyard to finish this off. And I want to start with you guys' thoughts on Shayna Baszler not coming to fruition with the championship. AJ, I see you reacting right away. I'm going to let you kick this one off. What what does the future hold for Shayna, and were you expecting her not to win here? Do you think this was purely a thing because there was no crowd? It, it wasn't the no crowd thing. The, the thing that irks me the most with this match, with how it ended, was you had Shayna the month before take out all five competitors in the Elimination Chamber. The first person to eliminate... Oscar, Liv Morgan, Sarah Logan, Ruby Riot, and Natalia, and three of the five of them she took out in two minutes alone, just to have Becky counter the Kirafuda clutch like Kyrie Sane did like a year and a half ago or whatever for the to make her lose her first reign. That, that's the only thing that just disappoints me. Where it's it's not. Becky winning, it was Becky winning the way that she did and having Shayna literally mow over all of the, well not all of the women, but majority of the women in the Raw women's division, and then the Becky wins. Becky's boogeyman was Asuka, and Asuka got demolished by Shayna in an elimination chamber. How are we going to raise Shayna off of that? You don't think that Shayna is going to have a rematch here with Becky? Because that DP, that sure seems like what what happened. I mean, AJ, you can come back off of what DP's going to say here. Yeah, I imagine we're going to get an, end up getting a rematch here probably pretty soon. I would think, if, you know, depending on whatever is going to happen here with the pay per views and, and whatnot. But I, yeah, I was a little shocked as to how it ended. I especially, I definitely didn't like it. Just like AJ said, it was. It's exactly what Kyrie Sane did back when she took the title from Shayna and NXT. And I get, you know, the idea of that finish is a, you know, that shocking, unexpected pin that, you know, a rookie or whatever, like rookie mistake type of thing, like, oh, I got caught and, you know, wasn't ready for it. But she should, you know, that's a finish they've already done. So it was kind of, could have come up with something a little bit better, I thought. I I like the idea of the disqualification where Shayna just, you know, can't stop how, you know, ruthless she is or brutal she is and, and gets disqualified and, and, you know, gets lo- loses that way and continues the feud because it's definitely going to continue. I mean, with the way they built up Shayna right now, like AJ was saying, 
you know, going through the, you know, five of the women there in the elimination chamber, she's obviously got the momentum there to where she's kind of at the top of the level in, in raw, she's going to get at least one, one or two more matches against Becky, whether she ends up winning one of them or not, the feud's going to continue. Uh, it just depends on how soon they start it back up again. Dave, how are you feeling about all of these things that we've been talking about right now? Or me? How, I, I, all right. You want to talk about Becky and Shayna? Um, this is where we're now entering the lazy booking segment of the show here. So, of WrestleMania, because not only, you guys are right, everything that AJ and DP are saying, not only did Kyrie Sane beat Shayna with that exact same move, Ember Moon beat Shayna with that same move the first time they met for the NXT women's title. So she beat her the exact same way. So if you're going to say, oh, rookie mistake, well, how many fucking times do you have this done to you before you're just a dumbass? And that's what it made Shayna look like. Now you're just a fucking moron. Because not only did Ember do it to you, not only did Kyrie do it to you, you have to be smart enough to release the hold when your shoulders are down. And this is just the stupidest fucking way that they could have ended this match because... I mean, unless, unless you know, like all, all I can say is maybe there is something to the whole thing that Vince doesn't feel it with Shayna, that he doesn't think that she's the one to take the belt off her. Maybe he is trying to buy time to get Ronda back, even though we're a bunch of ungrateful fans and we all suck, according to Ronda from earlier today or yesterday. And she's right, we do, but that's beside the point. Uh, but I thought, you know, this match bothered the shit out of me because Shayna was just kicking Becky's ass and then to have her lose like that, I'm just like, yeah, no thanks. I, I didn't, I did not dig this match at all. Uh, I mean, I, I get keeping the belt on Becky, but I just thought, if not now, then when? I mean, unless they're trying to establish her as setting some sort of, who's got the record? Isn't it, uh, isn't it AJ or Nikki Bella who's got the record for longest women's title reign, other than Mula? But that doesn't count. Well, I mean. Becky, this Tuesday, I think, just hit the year mark for having the Raw Women's Championship. So, I mean, congratulations to her, but... Well, yeah, sure, sure. But this match was, was just garbage. I mean, it just it's just a lack Stop of confidence. Down, in hairy balls. What's that? Go that? Fucking Seth for her. Go ahead, Dave. Keep going. I just had to <laughs> I'll play with you, Becky. Uh, I'll play with you, Nikki. I'm faster than Killian. Go ahead, Dave. I'm done. Man. I got nothing else. Nothing else to add after that. Just I didn't like the match at all. I didn't like the ending at all. I thought Shayna looked really dominant, and then it just it just was like a wet fart in church at the end, man. Just all over and done. That's it. And 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 Nikki. Just so we're both clear, in other ways, I'm much much slower than Killian. But my <laughs> thoughts on this whole thing is the fact that I think Shayna's getting prepared to win it the next time. I think this is kind of a drag it out. Let her kind of enjoy the spotlight with Becky for a little while. In addition, I still think Becky and Seth are going on a little bit of a sabbatical. It might not actually happen now because of this whole lesser schedule for them, but they may disappear from TV for a bit. Seth could definitely use it. Becky, maybe not so much. But how many times have we heard about people taking a break after Mania and then they stick around for one more month and then they take a break, right? That could be Vince putting this all this bullshit about not believing in Shayna out there just to have people think they know what's going to happen, but yet she's still going to have her time, you know, over the summer and, and possibly maybe win the next one from Becky, uh, whenever that could possibly be. 
I know Money in the Bank got canceled, at least where they were going to have it. So it sounds like it's going to be a performance center pay-per-view. Yeah, I don't know. It, it got canceled in Baltimore. So yes. it's now yeah, the arena, it's now the arena canceled center. it. Right. Yeah. Any other thoughts on Becky and Shayna that you guys uh, wanted to get out there before we move on? No. I think we beat that to death. Great. Anybody anybody have anything they want to get off their chest about the Bailey win and possible coming feud with Sasha? Or did I just pretty much say what we were all thinking? I mean, I thought that was a really good match. I was surprised at how good that match was. I I liked the match. I really did, especially since I was hoping Lacey would kind of, you know, win the title and they'd end up with a triple threat and everything else. But I, I, I thought the wrestling was really good, Dave. I did too. I and did they, too. you know, they kind of set up the beginnings of, you know, the beginnings of Sasha and Bailey, the friction between them, uh, an inadvertent move that results in Sasha getting eliminated. And now the next thing you know, at the end though, Sasha is the one who saves Bailey from that. Um, I, I, I really liked the match. I thought Lacey really showed up. She really looked good in this match. They, they, they all did. I thought, you know, while Naomi and Tamina, they did it really well with Tamina that everybody's just ganging up on her. You had the team bad mini reunion with unity going on, but not for very long. Um, I, I was, I was really pleasantly surprised by how good this match was, uh, because to me, Bailey really looked better than she has in a while in this match. I, I thought she was, her moves were good. She came across as even more heel-like, which she desperately needs if they're going to keep her as a heel. And I, I, I really like the match. Uh, I'm not, su- not well. I mean, a little surprised Bailey retained, but not really. Once Becky retained, it was like, well, okay, Bailey's going to retain too, you know, <laughs> that sort of thing. But I like the match a lot more than I thought I would. I want to move over to Tiger Beat here because him and a lot of the combatants in this match have the same demographic. What were your thoughts on this match? On the Fatal Five Way, it was. I, I really liked the match. It was well done. It was, we didn't know how the, uh, yeah, I know you're laughing about the tiger beat thing, <laughs> but, but, um, I, I wasn't expecting Sasha to play up the, I'm still friends with Bailey, but she owes me now thing. I thought she was going to betray her and then Lacey actually gets the title, but how it was done was perfectly done. I mean, you can see, Sasha is going to be like, hey, by the way, I ate that woman's right. I saved your ass with the headlock driver or whatever the heck she's going to call it now. I don't know if it has a name or not, but it was perfectly well, done I where hope, it was. I hope it's not bad. What, what, whatever it's called or. No headlock driver. That's Maybe basically it what it is. Given head. Uh, balloon buddy. Hugger the head. It's a balloon buddy. That's what it is. Oh, Christ. A deflator. There you go, the deflator. That should be the name of that fucking move. <laughs> but uh, I, it, it was perfectly done where it was Sasha's probably going to be like, hey, I owe me a little. I saved your ass. Owe me with a championship opportunity. And then show, hey, I'm better than you. DP, you're a big Tamina fan. How did you feel about this match? <laughs> Hate it. <laughs> <laughs> now, what else can I say about that? He's <laughs> losing his shit over there. Oh boy. It's, uh, <laughs> you know. 
You better, you better, you better know. What else do you want me to say about this match that that, that already hasn't been deflated? I don't know. From from a you know from you know a snooker point of view, I was wondering what you were thinking. <laughs> well, they certainly didn't kill it in there in the ring. <clears throat> now we're gonna move on. Yep. Now we're gonna move on. That's that's just a classic. Uh, Two hundred. I think combined, Dave. How many podcasts do we have combined here? It's got to be over four hundred and fifty podcasts between the Attitude of Aggression and GWI podcast. What number are you guys? You guys. This is episode two hundred and twenty-one of the DWI podcast. We're getting awfully close to a combined five hundred. Let's put it that uh, way. That's a, and over and I'm I, over ten years uh, combined experience, I believe. Yeah. It, exactly. So exactly. Oh, I don't know. If nowhere. We were, if really. we were dogs, we'd just dogs. Dave, Dave and I were just patting each other on the back. That's all. I mean, who would have thought in one podcast we would have a Snuka and Benoit conspiracy in there? Oh, boy. Wow. All right. I don't know if you can play a commercial or anything, DP, but there's some kind of music. Right, right. I'm the asshole. There we go. Thanks, Vince. <laughs> all right. Let's switch it on over to the men's side. Speaking of assholes. Even though I love him, I played ball against him. It was cousin, but he came off kind of as an asshole when he made his comments about the coronavirus. But he still ended up to be. Sorry, Adam. I didn't mean it. I do mean what I said, though. But your universal champion, Braun Strowman, goes over Goldberg. Gentlemen, your thoughts on this match? Where it was in the card? And the fact that Braun Strowman actually won the title, DP. We've been doing Braun Strowman's favorites forever. We've been waiting for this guy to win the title. We didn't think he was going to do it. And lo and behold. Man, years, yeah. we felt years too late, right? I mean, when he was having that run with Roman Reigns, shortly after that, we felt, you know, he was he was at that peak where, man, they could give him that title and then have a really good run with it. But here we are in unforeseen circumstances. He gets the spot. He gets the W. He gets to run with this title, which I think is pretty awesome. It's definitely well deserved for Braun. It's definitely, uh, you know, well overdue. You know, it, it it took Roman Reigns having to sit out of WrestleMania, unfortunately, for him to do that. But he should have got it, and he should have got it a while ago. And it's going to be awesome. I'm, I'm loving the fact that he gets this run and gets an opportunity to have the title. I hope they let him keep this for a little while because. Of the, obviously, of the time we're in, it's going to be very weird, and he's not going to get the you know deserved reign and run with you know the regular you know SmackDown shows and the pay per views. It's all going to be very different. But he can do it, and he, and you can do so many awesome things with him. And I could see this being a really good run for him if they wanted to have Roman Reigns eventually take it. You know, maybe they wait till next WrestleMania. From what it sounds like, Goldberg's pretty much done, and he's not going to be coming back. And I think, you know, the fact that he dropped this to Braun kind of tells me that that is he's pretty much done because he was going to drop it to whoever he was wrestling. So I think that's it for him. But, man, when we saw Braun and, and Roman at Fastlane, whatever that how many years ago that was in, in Milwaukee, it was an awesome match, and that whole run there between them two were, were awesome. And I would love to see... Uh, you know, a more experienced even Roman, you know, Braun Strowman 
and Roman Reigns have another huge feud over the Universal title, it could be just fantastic to watch. Yeah, that was fast lane. Was I was also able to see. Yeah, that was a long time ago. I don't think it was. It was way, but way after that. It was like 2015 or something. Yeah, like that. Um, but I also remember going to a Raw where Braun Strowman and Elias had like the symphony match. Anyway, it, that being said, my point I want to bring over to Dave is about what Braun Strowman can do with the title because DPP brought that up. But think back to all the things Braun's done. When he did the elf thing in the street and everybody saw him be elf and everything like that, and he did brainstorming, like Braun, Braun can do different things. Like watch some of the ride-alongs he's been on. He can be a personable guy. He can be a personality, Dave. Isn't that something that you would want in this time where he's just going to have to get himself over? And I think he's a guy who can do that. Braun Strowman has favorites. <laughs> Continuing with the lazy booking segment of WrestleMania here. Oh, uh, we're talking we about Jimmy Krusty. Krusty. Oh, look. Ooh, hey, here we, we go. No, I want Krusty playing. Oh, can, we, can, we tie, oh, oh, can we tie this match in with the other one, with the Drew McIntyre Brock Lesnar match? Simply because they are carbon copy matches of each other. Both of them book the exact same fucking way. I don't have a problem with Braun being the champion. I, I really don't. Who else are you going to put? Roman's nowhere. I mean, until they have fans in the arena, you're not going to see Roman Reigns. So who else are you going to put that on? Goldberg doesn't want to be there. Uh, you know, I think and, they're done paying Goldberg. Around the horn, yes or no? Are they done paying Goldberg, AJ? I think they are. He's already Hall of Fame. There's no reason why you need to linger around much longer. That was way more than a yes or no. DP. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I, give me an answer that and continue. I agree. They're, yeah, I agree. They're done paying Goldberg, but uh, you know, I, I I like I like Braun having the title. He is not who he was. The guy who the monster who was trying to take the title from uh, Brock Lesnar. He's much more recognizable now. He's much more personable now. He continues to be, you know, evolve as a character. I would anticipate at this point you're going to get Braun Strowman versus the Fiend. That's going to be the next big feud that's going to come up with Roman AWOL for a while. You're going to get Braun and the Fiend. You know, the Fiend coming off whatever the fuck that acid trip was that we're going to talk about in a few minutes. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I think Braun's got a lot of personality. He adds a dynamic to that Universal title. He's a full-timer, which is something Universal title has not had in, well, since Brock, since, uh, since Seth dropped it. Well, no, since... I take that back because the fiend had it for a while. So, I mean, it's good to get the universal title back on somebody who is not going to be a part-timer, uh, add some credibility to the, to this title that they created. How many years ago did they do that? Four years ago, five years ago. And, and it's still looked upon as a joke. Yeah, Four, it's still five, looked upon as like a that. joke. They need to fix that. So I'm cool with Braun having the title. Uh, I'm even more ecstatic about Drew McIntyre having the WWE Championship and getting that off of Brock Lesnar. We You talked about the moment earlier. My biggest complaint is, why did you book the two main events exactly the same? I mean, literally, did you guys see that? They are the exact same match, both nights. They are the exact same where it's just, hey, we're going to put 2K whatever and have finishers fully on just hit triangle or, or whatever the xbox one is <laughs> start with five finishers yeah yeah exactly where it's just like yeah 
running power slam, running power slam, spear, spear. Strowman wins because he did the last running power slam, and and McIntyre doing Claymore after Claymore oh, no, after AJ, three of fives. You're missing it though. Braun did just regular power slams. That last one, he got like three steps before he did it. That the was the last difference. one was a running. There you go. Oh no, yeah, he go. definitely jumped over the phone book the last one. <laughs> wow. Even the phone book. Wow, Vince times. Um, do I like Strowman winning? Eh, maybe he can do something with the title. The main thing that I have a problem with is he literally had the Intercontinental for 35 days, lost it to Sammy in a three-on-one, and then won the Universal. That's my main gripe with the entire thing. But other than that, we'll see what Braun can do with the title. Who knows? We'll, maybe we'll see The Fiend versus Braun. Maybe we'll see someone else versus Braun. Sheamus came back. Jeff Hardy is still there. Everyone loves the. Everyone loves Hardy. But who knows? Maybe is, we might see something is, different. Is Jeff Hardy on SmackDown, right? Is that what happened? Jeff Hardy is SmackDown. He is on the, ro- the is, SmackDown roster. That is a perfect first opponent for Braun Strowman. I mean, we, we know Braun... He does have somewhat of an entertaining side. Before he even did the elf thing that everyone was saying, he was a rosebud. No one remembers him as a rosebud? <laughs> I've told that story right. many times about how he was very respectful. He was That's baby close. New Year, for Christ's sake. Yep. Nope. But, uh... Welcome, he, welcome, to, your, welcome to the show you're on now. Yes, we've, <laughs> we've talked about that before. <laughs> I just threw that in there, and I've been here for three episodes. <laughs> but, like, he, you, he was a rosebud. You were there. You forgot. We did that already. <laughs> but he, he was a rosebud. He he did the elf thing earlier, like, either this year or last year's Christmas season. He's entertaining. We'll see what he does with the title. I'm not the biggest fan of it, but I'm not 100% complaining. From one atom to another, I can't hate it. So, that, that, that's what I have to take from that match. Anybody want to slide that into Brock Lesnar? <laughs> I already slid that into Brock. Oh, wait. What are we talking about again? One eyed monster. Oh, no, not one eyed monster. Easy. Yeah. <laughs> I just, you know, just when I said that, I don't understand why they booked the matches exactly the same. Where, you know, instead of instead of a bunch of spears, it's a bunch of F5s. Oh, Drew kicked out at one. That's what made it different. No, it didn't. Uh, it's because you know, he did three, not four F5s. Come on. We know how to right. do snap if hit the f- <laughs> And if I had half a brain that you do, no, that sort of thing. But uh, I, oh, that I know what Scott said, didn't it? It almost did, yeah. It almost did get said. But I, I don't, I mean, I just, I don't understand. I, I mean, I, I do understand because they're just limited in what they're what they're going to do. But I don't get why you would make the main event both nights the exact. Well, I take that back because we had the Boneyard on night one, which was actually the main event. But I don't get why the two world titles were, <laughs> why they booked them exactly the same. That I, I mean, I'm glad, I'm thrilled Drew won. I, I, I am. I'm happy for the guy. I think he's very deserving of it. We've been, I know on this show, on your guy's show, on just about every show, a lot of us have said numerous times, Drew should be getting a push. Drew should be, a year ago, when he took on Roman Reigns, there were people saying he should go over Roman. And I know all of us, you know, I remember us on the show saying, that's not going to happen. They're not going to have Roman come back from leukemia and lose to Drew McIntyre. 
but you could see why they should have maybe why they should have done that to put Drew over. And um, I'm thrilled that Drew McIntyre won the title. <laughs> it is. Found it for you. I, you know. Ah, thank you, I'm Sid. Just... Thank you, Sid. <laughs> oh. I was interested uh, that 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 match went longer. I mean, I put the t- timer at two minutes and ten seconds for the Goldberg and Braun Strowman match, and luckily for them, it went longer. I, I'm happy that Drew has the title. I think. You know, we talk about how the universal title just isn't over and isn't doesn't feel like a big deal and feels like a joke kind of title almost. I, I feel like at that point they need to get rid of the color. Why not? Like like they have with the women's titles, it's all white, and the inside of the plate is the color to represent Raw or SmackDown. Make that title all black, like they have with the WWE title, and change the color then if they want to do that. But oh, okay, my bad. My bad. Fine. It's PC Tunney's idea. <laughs> Give him credit. Give him credit, DP. <laughs> I'm giving it to him right now. It's PC Tunney's idea. Wait, what are we talking about again? Oh, sorry. My idea is that you can do whatever you want with the US or the IC or the tags, but both heavyweight championships on Raw and SmackDown for the men and women, the women should have white straps. And blue and red insides, and the men should have black straps with blue and red insides associated with each brand. Yes. Was that before or after you decided to get rid of one of them and just have one? There should be one world champion. No, they totally should be. A Highlander. Highlander. Let's have have Braun. There should only be one. (laughs) Let's let's unify the titles. Braun Strowman, Drew McIntyre. Let's go. I'd pay oh, to see it, that. Make it big gold. I give it to McIntyre. Yeah, it give, give it to Drew. And then instantly lose it on Rado Lesnar. <laughs> and he'd hold it for like 14 months. Bad, 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 he'd be around for four matches. Yeah, that's WWE booking. That's such good shit, pal. Speaking of such good shit, pal, let's fucking make the transition into the two things we really, really need to talk about. How about some Firefly Funhouse? AJ, you got big thumbs up. Why don't you kick us off with your thoughts on the odd adventure through John Cena's career? I absolutely loved the acid trip dissection. It, everything about that match is perfect of picking apart John Cena. All the way from prototype, even though he looked like a dad trying to be in his 2002 attire for prototype, all the way to the NWO angle of maybe Cena should turn heel. It was so beautifully done. I have no complaints. Making, like, bringing up, hey, when you were prototype, you were practically fired. The bodybuilding career was a fail with Johnny Large Meat, which I really wish was erased from my membrane. Doctor Thugonomics, and then the WrestleMania match where it was, you had an opportunity to hit me with the chair, so why don't you do it? 
But it's already too late. You're already ruined everything. And using Cena's words against him, it was so beautifully done. I have no complaints. Even though it wasn't technically a match, it was so organically done of what John Cena is from beginning to end. <laughs> I mean, AJ ring brings up some really good points. Uh, I, It was just, I mean, I think it got hurt by the Boneyard match the night before because I think you went into the Firefly Funhouse thinking it was going to be something like that. You know, cinematic, dramatic, gut-wrenching, emotional, that sort of thing. And what you got was like really the opposite of that. But to his credit, this is John Cena basically just the fact that he could poke as much fun at himself as he did. And you hear that most of that was his idea, that he wanted to... It's ironic. Everybody has talked about how John Cena has buried talent for so many years, and he spent 20 minutes burying himself in this segment. Uh, I thought it was fascinating. Uh, the Fiend going over and winning with Bray Wyatt making the count, no big surprise. I mean, I thought, you know, I didn't know what to expect. Had I known it was going to be like the Bone... Had I known what the Boneyard match was, and had I known what, what they were going to do with this, I would have definitely picked the Fiend. I know I picked Cena on the preview show. I was wrong, and I admit it. Um... I didn't like it as much as a Boneyard match because it's just too batshit crazy for me to follow, but it was a lot of fun. And um, I, I agree with AJ. The, the way that they did a lot, uh, just poking fun at him. And then at the end, like you're saying, like AJ said, he almost does kind of turn heel a little bit at the end where he does take the swing at Bray with the chair, but it's too late. It's already all over and, and done with. Um, I, I liked the Firefly Funhouse match. I thought it was very creative. It was very well done. You know, I found myself like Titus at the end of that. Like, what the fuck did I just watch? You know, uh, who dropped something in my in my whiskey? Uh, is this what coronavirus feels like? You know, that sort of thing. I was wondering about all that stuff. But uh, it was it was a lot of fun. It, it, very. You got to hand it to WWE for being creative and being innovative with these two things that they did on the two separate nights uh, to make this memorable. I, I you know, I. I got nothing else like that. I mean, it, it was it was a fun, a fun, <laughs> a fun jaunt down John Cena's career in a very odd way. And kudos to John for burying himself like that. As I kick it over to DP, I just want to say I thought Titus could have said what he said and crawled back underneath the ring. Maybe <laughs> yeah, the the good old trip from the greatest Royal Rumble. Yeah, yeah. did he? Did the we really greatest need Royal Rumble ever? Do we really need Titus in there? Does he, Titus? Uh, Titus is a Titus. I'll be in all honesty. Titus is a is a extremely important ambassador for the WWE. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. Yeah, pun pun intended. He really stumbled into that role too, right there. <clears throat> I mean, I thought, hey, they needed a host. Gronk already won yeah. the twenty four seven title. I haven't heard it in a while. Give it to yourself. Give it to yourself, DPP. That was a good joke. Go ahead. Friend of the show, Barry Horowitz. Just had to say that. Very nice. <laughs> I uh, I am on the complete opposite end of this spectrum because I absolutely hated this. I'm a douchebag. Oh, wait. Oh, sorry. Uh, Go ahead. Oh, yeah. <laughs> say it and run. Say it and run, PC. <laughs> I, I just, you know, 
it was we were watching a goofy movie. We were watching a comically bad movie, is what it, the way I watched this thing and, and tried to enjoy it if I could. But I, you know, this obviously it wasn't wrestling. Obviously, it wasn't supposed to be wrestling. This was, you know, if they if it was Jeremy Borash's whole bit and trying to you know like the Boneyard match, you know, expanding on what they did with uh, the broken universe over in, in TNA and and the whole cinematic style of some of that stuff. This was taken to an incredible extreme. And if I wanted to watch something like this, I would have put on Netflix and I would have found a show to watch because that's what I was watching. I was watching a show. I wasn't, I was watching a movie. I wasn't watching a wrestling event. This wasn't anything like the backyard brawl with gold dust and, and Piper back at WrestleMania seven. This wasn't anything like that. It was, it was its own unique. It was a movie. It wasn't, it wasn't anything to do with wrestling and, I just I didn't enjoy it one bit. I thought it was just laughable when I watched it, and I, I and take that for what it was. I guess if, if that's what I want, if that's what it was supposed to be, then fine. Then then that's what it was. But when it comes to wrestling and WrestleMania and an event of this magnitude to watch, I wanted to see wrestling. I didn't want to see this. I thought it was terrible. It had obviously had no wrestling in it because it was just. You know them telling a little bit of a story, which is fine if they want to tell a story, but then it just it didn't feel like this was a place for it, and it just didn't feel like WrestleMania to me for something like this. It just it just felt wrong. It felt off. It felt like it didn't belong. It didn't fit to me where it was. Wait, did I he guess... just say it doesn't feel? It didn't feel like WrestleMania. Did you hear that, Tony? Right there. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Jesus. Here we go. <laughs> I uh, here here's my rebuttal. I asked for this match and I got it. Did I not? I said I want to have a, I, I want to have the whole thing be Firefly. I don't want to see a wrestling match. I said that. I said I want to see the whole thing Firefly, and it was that was the whole thing. It was in your head. The whole thing was in your head. It was excellent. It was absolutely brilliant. I loved it from going through John Cena and what was going to happen with his career. And then the fact that Eric Bischoff comments on this and says, uh, it's bizarre, especially the fact that I got fired in October from WWE and I ended up on WrestleMania in April. So I loved how they used all of that stuff. Such good shit, pal, from the Vince yes. McMahon. Doll. I mean, all the dolls were involved. It was absolutely fucking brilliant. And no one got hurt and Bray got over, right? I mean, it, it was just... It was awesome to me, and I really loved it. And I think to kind of transition this, I don't think you could have had this on Saturday and then had Taker and AJ on Sunday. I think Taker and AJ had to happen first before this because I think people would have already thought once they figured out that AJ and Taker was going to be more of a cinematic thing like Firefly Funhouse, they would not have bought into it. And the fact that they gave you a little bit more of like a Charles Brunson movie <laughs> uh, with, and I liked it uh, before we got the weirdness that happened uh, in the Firefly Funhouse match. Uh, before we move on to Taker, AJ, I see you jump chomping at the bit over there. The only thing is with the fact that there was no audience. Was there any other way you could have had this Firefly Funhouse match with no audience whatsoever? 
Well, and that's I'm glad you said that because that was the other point that I really wanted to get over here. The people bitching about this match are the same people that would have bitched the fact that Cena and Bray Wyatt had another wrestling match. Nobody wanted to see if Cena and Bray Wyatt have another wrestling match. They would have bitched about that. So why not give them something else off the wall and build the legend of the Fiend? Exactly. exactly. Where, where it's it, it like I said before, it dissected John Cena. There's no way you could have had that in a crowd of a hundred thousand people or whatever in the Raymond James Stadium. I should know where it's at. I'm a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. But there's no possible way that you could actually have that match happen unless there was no audience. Unless you really wanted to look at the Titantron for about 13, 15 minutes, however long it was. Like, I was there for the uh, Battleground Punjabi prison match. I had to look up the entire time in the Wells Fargo Center. I wanted to watch a match. I didn't want to look at a TV screen. If I wanted to do that, I would have watched WWE Network. But there's that, that was the only way they could have displayed that match. That was the only way they could have done anything of positive merit with a Firefly Funhouse match. No audience. We go through the entire life of Cena and every single wrong that he did and did everything perfectly as to why he screwed up. Like six years ago, Mania 30, he had an opportunity to put over Bray. He's supposed to be a man of the people, John. And and the Bischoff was so perfect for the WCW and me. I love you too. <laughs> but that was that was the only way you could have done that match with nobody around. Tony, we've got a, a special guest who has entered the podcast to talk about the Boneyard match. You can't see her because my oh, video ain't working. Oh. But my lovely wife has shown up hey for guys. the. Did you say something, hon? Hey guys. There you go. You got to speak into the microphone, babe. You know this. I, my, God it, damn it. my lips were touching it. Oh, your lips oh, are coronavirus. <laughs> Not drunk enough. Tony was talking oh, earlier about uh, somebody licking his rim. So, I mean, it's, it's a <laughs> good thing you're here for this. Subliminal, man. We'll get all parts covered. Thanks, Tony. <laughs> I'll, I'll thank you later, man. The, the, I, well, I brought her in because the one thing of WrestleMania that she watched the entire weekend is the Boneyard match. Go ahead, babe. Oh, you want me to talk now? You, you, we were at that part. We just talked about the acid trip that was a Firefly Funhouse match that you Which didn't see. I didn't see. watch. You didn't watch. But you did watch the Boneyard match. Yes. And when David told me about that before it happened and that they were going to do something that was pre-recorded, I was like, that is going to suck so bad. How stupid. This is going to just blow. And um, then he told me he watched it, and he said, oh, it's really good. you got to watch it. It's kind of like a featurette and blah, blah, So, okay, fine. So I sat down and watched it, and I was hooked right away. It was really fun. And one of the, my first comments is, oh, it's kind of got the uh, Michael Jackson vibe going uh, with the uh, Thriller video. <laughs> Just kind of the way they were doing some stuff in the graveyard. And I loved it. It was a great way to present no audience and no, um, you know, no ring. I, I loved the match, and I, and I don't even call it a match because really it was more street style. Like you felt like you were watching two dudes fight. They used the car well and, and all the props and things, the, the buildings and structures. And, and uh, I think uh, Undertaker did a better acting job than punk ass AJ Styles did. <laughs> Thank you. 
And um, it was really enjoyable. I liked it. It was good. It was a, you know, a story and, and um, I was blown away. I thought that was a really great way to present a match without having an audience and a ring. Can I ask you a quick question? Yeah. All right. Are you interested to see more WWE matches like this with because of The Undertaker and only with The Undertaker? Or would you like to see other people in that match? Do you think other people could see, could succeed in a match like that? Maybe, but I think this one in particular is special because it was Undertaker and the whole graveyard scene. Um, I think a graveyard lends itself well to what was going on, not only with the Undertaker character, but with the darkness and the, you know, uh, fog and some of the lights and just the eeriness and the, the remoteness sort of the, you know, kind of that already plays into our psyche with, you know, what a graveyard represents. And so I think it, went well with the undertaker's character. I think if you um, maybe built the same kind of a concept specific to another character without the graveyard, but something for that character, it, it might work well with another character in a similar kind of scenario, but I don't know that you should keep repeating a graveyard scenario. Think uh, something like a broken character, maybe? Ah! Come on. Yes! Come on. I don't like broken. <laughs> no. Delete. Not a, not a fan of that. <laughs> no. Delete. Delete. <laughs> delete. So I think if they ventured out and 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 created different, uh, and I say arena, but you know, different different backgrounds specific to characters that went with the character, uh, it might work. You could conceivably get Sting versus Taker, finally, if they did it like this. That's something where you could pull that off. But you got to be careful because you don't want to copycat it. No, but they like you're saying, if they did different sceneries, different backdrops, different thematic sort of mm-hmm. uh, stages. presentation. Different stages. You could create some stuff that does add some longevity to the careers of people like, you know, with Sting. Hey, let's get in a few stunt people for some of these And I just want to throw in there, in addition to uh, Undertaker being a better actor than P.A. um, P.A. (laughs) um, He looked really good. He was performing well. He looked strong. He looked like he had energy. That was, and and I've only, you know, been watching him for seven years because I've been with Dave for seven years. But I would say that's probably the best i've seen undertaker perform in the matches that i've watched with him in the seven years he looked good he looked strong he didn't look tired or burnt out or he looked energetic he looked he looked good strong go ahead tony i know you want to say something here (laughs) i i completely agree about undertaker really to be honest with you it's a it's a great comeback from where he was you know dave you brought it up earlier him and Goldberg, they had some retribution to get, if you will. They kind of had to, you know, recap and and recreate what they had because they had that whole kind of shit happen with their match before. So I I love the Metallica part of it, to be honest with you, from God, the music yes, side God. of it. I don't know if anybody else brought this up. And, and the funny thing is, I had, I'm kind of ashamed of myself as a Metallica fan. Uh, I, I, I had not heard that song before, but... After hearing it for about a dozen, 15, 20 seconds, 
I'm like, that's Metallica. I'm not even going to Google it. I know it. I know James Hetfield. I know Kirk Hammett. I, I know Lars on the drums. And, and whatever fucking basis you want it to be, Trujillo, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I thoroughly enjoyed the, the Metallica point of view for WWE especially. It's a great song. It's problem is I'm just looking it up right now because I know it's on the most recent album, which is uh, Hardwired. And I think, if I'm remembering correctly, let me just look at this. Uh, yeah, it's right after Atlas Rise. So it, it's embedded in the middle of the of the Hardwired album. And it's uh, there's some really good stuff on that album. But, man, this thing, I got to say before I turn it over to you guys, was the best thing WWE's done in a long time long time uh, the most creative the most innovative loved everything about the boneyard match this hybrid dead man american badass biker taker uh, you know I, and i've heard people complain that you know oh undertaker teleported out of the grave that's not realistic easy undertaker dickhead that's what he's supposed to do he's supposed to fucking have some mystical powers he's supposed to be able to teleport out of a fucking grave. He's supposed to be able to light shit on fire. You maintain the mystique of the Undertaker in this environment. Anybody who's complaining about that, you need to stop watching wrestling. Go suck right it. Now. Go suck it. Yeah. In the wanna, words of DX. I want to end this show right now. That was that's exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's I, a fucking Undertaker. I, right. What is he supposed to do? Just say it. I'm going to just lay here and get buried. All right. Maybe he did oversell some of that stuff a little bit, and, and, and maybe he was making too much noise. But I thought it really, they sucked you in on that as well because they made you think this is really the end for him. He's broken down like AJ saying, you just don't have it anymore, old man. And you he gets blasted in the back of that shovel, and you're like, Jesus, this is really how it's going to end? And then they swerve you, and they he's back to being you know, mystical, mystical badass Undertaker. And I don't know what, man, AJ... I'm pretty sure it was that I, I'm guessing that was really him. That's a hell of a bump. He took off the top of that shed into that cr- cart, that hand cart or whatever it was. If that was AJ Styles, that's a hell of a bump that he just took. And, uh, I mean, they just, they just broke it out. There weren't many wrestling holds. What Carl Anderson takes a tombstone. That's about it. AJ gets choke slammed. Uh, and then I love, I, lo- I love the shit talking that undertaker did. What's my wife's name? Hey, AJ, how old am I again? You know? That sort of thing. And it's like, nah, man, I'm not going to bury you. I'm not going to bury you. Fought your ass off. Buries him anyway. Everything they did, fantastic. One of the best things. And, and the thing is, I'll put this out to you guys, and then I'll shut the fuck up. But um, it's we would not have gotten, we wouldn't have got the Firefly Funhouse match if WrestleMania had gone on like normal. And we would not have gotten this match. And I'm not so sure AJ doesn't win if it's a regular wrestling match at WrestleMania. Um you know, that sort of thing. So I, I love what they did under the circumstances. And it did. Coronavirus, something good came out of it. It created an opportunity for something different. Now I'll be shutting the fuck up. So, DP, I think you're the only person who hasn't talked about Undertaker and AJ. Why don't you give us your thoughts and then uh, drop a little last call bomb? I don't think you want me commenting on this last because I'm going to shit all over it if that's the way it's going to be here. All right, oh, this then make it good. Did you bring toilet paper? Make, <laughs> then make it quick have, and, and make it quick and pass it over to AJ. <laughs> here come the hey, everybody, get your umbrella out. Here come the drizzling shits. <laughs> I, <laughs> I feel like the Spirit Squad. Oh no, <laughs> Nikki, Mikey. 
Yeah, one of them did, Nikki. Go ahead, Dan. What? Oh. Hello. Oh. You want to play? Sorry, play with Nikki. No, I was talking about Abella, but it's you're up, brother. Oh, that one too. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. yeah. Again, s- similar to the Firefly Funhouse, this was it was a movie. It was cinematic. It was it was what it was supposed to be. It was what they wanted it to be. Again, I just thought it was a little over cinematic for me for a wrestling show. Like, you know, it took the whole broken universe and all the things that you know Borash did in TNA and, and took it to the next level. And I think it's great for what it was. I, I, I enjoyed some of it, but I just I thought it was just too over cinematic for me for what I wanted to see between them two and. I get it. That's what we were going to get, and that's fine. But just wasn't my cup of tea, I guess. If I, again, if I wanted to watch, you know, it was more of a movie. If I wanted to watch a movie, I'll watch a movie or something. But I, I wanted to see more of wrestling at Casablanca. Casablanca? Here's looking at you, kid. <laughs> Modern, fam- Modern Family just did the rap. Yeah. Shout out. So... You know, for for the things that that they did in, that, in it, that was great. But again, wasn't the wasn't what I was looking for. wasn't my what I wanted in WrestleMania and everything. So I'll leave it at that. I won't go into crazy details of what I did or didn't like. So we'll just is there is there anybody uh, AJ? I know you got thoughts on Undertaker. Go ahead. Sorry. I know I'm the AJ Styles fan. He shares the same nickname as me, but that was so well done in my opinion. And yes, that is every bump that AJ's ever taken. He wants to make someone look good. I have no complaints. I agree with Big Dave. If you don't know the the Undertaker, the dude literally died because Randy Orton backed the, a hearse into a Titan Tron. He, he came back from the dead. He summons lightning. He... he Summons fire and druids and that was that was perfectly done. That could not have been any better than I would have imagined. And yes, AJ lost. I'm upset about that. Who cares? That was so good. And I think it was now that we're dead. I think is the Metallica song. I could be wrong. I haven't really listened to Hardwired to Self Destruct, but it was so beautifully done that I can't complain about it, even if AJ lost. All right. Anybody got anything they want to get off of their chest before we move to last call about WrestleMania that we may have not covered or anything else on this topic? Just oh, Seth and Seth and KO. I, I, we oh. didn't talk about that, and I think we probably need to mention that because that was one hell of a match. Uh, and and Kevin Owens may have taken the actual bump of WrestleMania, or the <laughs> spot of the spot of WrestleMania was Kevin Owens leaping. Off the WrestleMania sign to crush Seth through a table. Seth doing every bitchy little whiny shitty thing he could do to get disqualified and then getting suckered into a no DQ match and then getting his comeuppance, which is what you wanted to see. And and I thought that match really surprised me as to how damn good it was. Uh, That was uh, one of the best matches. I mean, we were talking earlier, best matches of WrestleMania. That was one of the ones that I definitely would have said that was one of the three or four that I really loved. And uh, that was... I'm glad KO won that thing. I, I know I, I, that was my pick. I think uh, one of us picked Seth. I don't know if that was uh, the Funky Fresh 
Uh, Tiger Beat. Yeah, Tiger Beat picked. Tiger uh, Beat, yeah. Tiger yeah, Beat picked. Uh, for Tiger Beat. <laughs> but uh, that match deserves uh, a lot of a lot of acclaim because that was a hell of a fight. Hey, I was the one that said that it would be a phenomenal match, no pun intended, but KO, he beat Shane McMahon so much, he did the Shane McMahon spot, jumping off the the icon, the, the WrestleMania stage. I mean, he I did. He jumped off the boat. Let's just face it, DP. He jumped off the boat. He jumped the boat. <sighs> Where the boat would have been. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he jumped off the boat, but come on. And that was I... just so Go ahead, DP. Well, I was going to say, you know, what else I liked about that was the the post angle they're doing when Seth Rollins came out on Raw and did the had his very, you know, the serious face on and came out there and he, you know, didn't do his whole shtick or anything, just walked out there. I mean, I know it was an enhancement person, but just went out there, beat the crap out of him and walked the hell back and just had that different demeanor and different. It seems like we're going to get, you know, if, if they take time off or not, but the next iteration of the Monday Night Messiah character, he's going to get a little more of a, you know, anger attitude and everything, which it seems like, which I think is going to be, you know, pretty cool and at least take the character into a next its next level. Alright, yeah, Go ahead, Dave. I, I just, I'm just looking through and seeing if anything else stood out. I thought, um, but the only other one we didn't really mention was what? Uh, Al- I mean, Elias and Corbin, we don't need to talk about that. Who gives a shit? But uh, Alistair Black and Lashley was an interesting match. Friction developing between Lana and her uh, air-quoting husband. Thank that God. That sort of thing. Thank God they're going to get rid of that shit. I, I thought, I mean, Jesus. You, you <laughs> know it's bad when Impact says, hey, the Alicia and Eddie storyline with like the somewhat kind of cuckold will cheat on them thing just ended you you know that if impact saying something wwe should take suit would should follow really if they're calling you out there's a problem all right all right anybody else anybody else before we hit last call it's about time no dp it's time Let's go. Every week, what do you mean? What do I mean? It's the last call. It's the last thing we're going to talk about. Gentlemen, two words. And I want to start with Dave here. The revival. Uh, most underrated tag team, perhaps in WWE history. The, uh, the most underappreciated tag team in perhaps WWE history and no longer members of world wrestling entertainment. And I'm thrilled about that. Get them the hell out of there. They were just, I I mean, they didn't want to be there. Vince was uh, throwing truckloads of money at them to try and get them to stay there. They didn't want to be there. It was clearly obvious. They didn't want anything to do with it. Uh, I don't know why they drug this shit out as long as they did, but I'm glad that at least they acknowledged it, that they have been released. Best of luck on your future endeavors. Uh, see you guys on uh, Dynamite pretty soon. My best guess. I, I did want to ask, and I, I read somebody had said that they would be better off going to New Japan Pro Wrestling, and I'm like, how are they going to go to NJPW when you can't even really travel? When the world's shut down, you're going to send them over to Japan. 
and, and have them. Yeah, they'd be great over there, but that's not where they need to be. They need to be in AEW. They need this is now is a good time to get them in. AEW's tag team division is loaded, but not you know it's not invulnerable. They could use a team like the Revival. Give me the Revival versus the Bucks or the Lucha Brothers or Santana and Ortiz or twelve other combinations in AEW right now. Let's see what Dash and Dawson can do. Uh, and my biggest hope, and then I'll stop. My biggest, biggest, biggest hope is that Arn Anderson becomes their manager and leads the revival like they should have been all along since basically that is who they are. They are the brain busters 2020. Give me Arn as their manager. I'll be happy. They'll hold the AW tag team titles for a year. Everybody will forget just, you know, how mismanaged they were in WWE. That's my hope. And why, where else would you go? Why, why would you go to new Japan? Why would you go anywhere else at this point? Then the AEW, oh, you're gonna get that opportunity. You got, you're gonna get better exposure. You're, they got the, they got the television deal. They're, they're the up and coming, te- you know, stars of wrestling right now. They're taking over, you know, Ring of Honor. TNA obviously isn't there. They're, they're the, they're the place to be, and they bring such a different style, I think, than what AEW has right now. And it's a hundred hundred percent agree, Dave. They they are the brain. They are the latest edition of the Brainbusters. And Arn Anderson would just be God. It would be so perfect to have them in the, you know in a stable there with him as their manager. It would be just awesome to watch and take them under their wing. And they could put on put like like they were in NXT. You know, put on these phenomenal matches. And the the wrestling style that they have is in a way, you know, just completely different than what, like, the Young Bucks are, you know, with the more high-flying or the Lucha Brothers or anything like that, where they can bring a more wrestling style and are so good at what they do that they could just take that tag division by storm and just, if they, like you said, they do it right and not be mismanaged like they were on the main roster in WWE, they will just absolutely kill it. And they are one of the best tag teams if not the best tag team I've seen in a long ass time, anywhere, they're they're just gonna just dominate and be so awesome. And especially like you said, if they have Arn Anderson or and they do it right, it's just that's the place to be for them. I can't wait for them to be there and see what they do on on AEW television. I'm going to agree, and like Tani said, two words, the revival. The Bucks already gave their three letters, FTR. Fuck the revival. Where I'm pretty sure both of them tweeted out, I would love nothing more than a match between each other, where I'm pretty sure that was the back and forth between them. Of course they're going to go to Dynamite. If they go anywhere else, I'd actually be disappointed, in all honesty. Where, you know, the Bucks have already shot their shot, and... The Revival have nothing better than just be, you know, to call their bluff. Say, hey, we're finally here. I love the Arn Anderson should be their manager. And I've already said it a million times that Dawson actually is like the reincarnation of Arn Anderson, where he should be hitting the spine buster. He should be doing the aided pile driver like the brain busters used to. And in AEW, they can. 
in AAW they can because we've already seen Sean Spears and Tully Blanchard do that. But it, we just need to see them elevate, facing off against the Young Bucks, uh, Lucha Brothers, Omega, Hangman Page, whatever you want to call them other than just the Elite. They, they should be the main tag team in AEW where... You know, everyone knows who they are from WWE. Everyone wants to see them against the Young Bucks. Why not give them what everyone wants? That's what everyone wants to see. FTR, if you want to call it Forever the Revival, or Fuck the Revival against the Young Bucks. Or the Elite. Or Death Triangle. Or El Triangulo de la Muerte. Whatever you want to call it. Everyone wants to see good tag team matches, and that's what we should see in AEW, and having the Revival should actually give them that prominence. Okay, great. Here we go. In other times other than now, normal times, which we have been used to, it would have been great to see them travel first before they went to AEW and continue to build this rivalry with the young bucks via social media could you imagine if they would have went to new japan and had some tag matches and then come back and showed up on nwa can you imagine that revival on nwa they're perfect for nwa and what they're doing in their studio show and everything like see look at even uh, even the chair shots own coverage specialist aj don't call me andrew the phenomenally funky fred blaz is like god i would love to see them Right there. Oh, so, I would could you love to cover that. Spot on, maybe a spot on ROH against the bouncers, et cetera, et cetera, right? So, unfortunately, that is not what the times provide for us. So, I completely agree AEW would be excellent. I think them versus the Young Bucks is kind of harkens back. They're the antithesis of each other. In the ring, much like Brett and Sean were. Right? Think about that. It's been a long time since we've been anticipating a matchup that they've been the antithesis of each other in the ring. I mean, for how long? How many times have the Revival said no flips, just kicks? Or punches, or whatever. That's what I got, guys. Yeah, I mean, they like you said, Tony, they're the antithesis of each other. And uh, that that's a... Um, if double or nothing was to happen... If there's any possibility that double or nothing happens, that's where the Revival should make their debut. They should just come down to the ring, challenge the Bucks there in Las Vegas, and watch the place lose their shit like they did with Moxley last year. Odds against that, odds are very long against that actually happening, though. I'd love to see them come in like radical style, like when when Eddie and and you know Benoit and and Jesus Malenko. <sighs> And, Jesus yeah. Christ! There's a lot of Benoit references for yeah. a wrestling podcast. Just come in, like uh, you he, know, in the crowd. He who shall out. not be named. <laughs> as, uh, yeah, as the MVP would like to say. <laughs> I think that would be awesome. Just to have him come in like that, and then just kind of just, you know, take it by storm, kind of that style, or like how you know, Nash and Hall came into WCW, just you know, come in kind of radical, kind of you know, do their own shit kind of thing. And then eventually get their match with the Young Bucks or something. They keep calling them out and never get them. And then finally they get their match at whatever next pay-per-view that actually happens, happens. All right, gentlemen. 
Anybody got anything, uh, maybe around the horn real quick, uh, last thoughts on the wrestling world as, as we kind of end this podcast here, uh, I want to save Dave for last, uh, considering this is, in addition, the Attitude of Aggression podcast. So I enjoyed the WrestleMania weekend. Uh, I'm, I'm thoroughly thrilled with it. I'm, I'm looking forward to what's going to happen. I'm hoping they do the draft during isolation time. Uh, it seems like a good time. To do it. It's something you don't really need to have an arena full of people to do. Uh, AJ. Brother. Good one, Andy. Twice this week, you look phenomenal, uh, literally. That's why this whole Tiger Beat thing's going on. Yeah, fuck, look Tiger, fuck Tiger King. It's Tiger Beat, man. That's what it's all about. Goddamn Terrell Baskin. Or, or fucking Baskins. Damn it. Carol so, uh, last, uh, last words from AJ Exotic and where they can find you all over social media. I thoroughly enjoyed WrestleMania, just like everyone else has, and you can find me on Twitter at PhenomenalAJB, since I'm the Phenomenally Funky Fresh here. But uh, yeah, again, I loved WrestleMania, I loved the NXT and the AEW show, because this was technically NXT's uh, takeover show, but yeah, I have no complaints over this entire week. DP, before I get to you, I want to let everybody know they can follow me at PC Tony. They can follow this show at Podcast DWI. Also, check out at Pod is War, at Bandwagon Nerds. Uh, Dave, myself, yourself, the one and only POD. We're getting into that top 50 video games of all time. That's going to be oh, man. amazing. Oh, boy. Check it out. If you, if you want to whiten your appetite, go back and check last week's episode. Uh, top 10 arcade games was excellent. Um, Bandwagon Nerds is on the rise, folks. There's only bigger and better things to come there. You'll Dude, find I, that went, I went back Go and ahead. I'm playing I'm playing my number one ranked game of all time, which I will not disclose. Good. You guys don't. are going to have to wait for that. But yes. I've gone back and started playing it again just to go back through some of it. <sighs> Man, I might have to break out the Super Nintendo to play one of my top five games if ever. Anyway, put, if you put Golden T Mobile number one, I'm going to be very disappointed. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. Uh, oh, Golden Tee won't even show up on my top 50 video games. It's an arcade right. game, and it's a phone app game, and that's what and it is. Shout out, shout was- out to them for what they did for you. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, shout out to Golden Tee. So, TP, uh, let everybody know where they can find you and uh, possibly this show on Instagram and Facebook. Actually, you guys want to know what? I heard Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter were going to combine. Yeah, all of them into one. And it's yeah. me, DPP. Uh, no, I heard it's called Insta Twitface. Oh. Go ahead, DP. Oh. <laughs> Twitch your own face. Yeah, you can find me all <laughs> over the social media interwebs at it's me, DPP. Uh, Facebook for the DWI podcast at facebook.com slash DWI podcast. Dave, why don't you uh, finish this DWI? Don't get my thoughts on everything that's going on. Oh, you weren't done? I want Dan's thoughts. I want Dan's thoughts. As Braun Strowman says, I'm not finished with you. (laughs) Go ahead, Dan. I am finished with AJ, though. Two words. Phenomenal. 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 I'm interested to see how these next Raws and SmackDowns go. Especially, 
you know, I would love if it, they fit the draft in here and do it that way because that's that's a good way to get some television time and get social media continuing to, to grow and keep going because they're obviously short on talent when it comes to these shows. I think it showed on this last Raw when we had three different matches between the Street Profits, and I honestly don't want to see anything like that, so I'm hoping that they can come up with some more creative things to do uh, with that, so that's what I'm looking forward to, is, is just seeing how they, how creative they come up with with these upcoming Raws and Smackdowns as we get through everything that's going on, and that's it for me. So Big Dave, take it away. I, uh, Close us out, buddy. Yeah, I enjoyed WrestleMania weekend immensely. I, I was pleasantly surprised by how good it was. Uh, you know, kudos to the men and women who really put everything into that performance under very strange and odd circumstances. Uh, most by and large, they all delivered. I, I'm, I'm interested to see where we go with things. I'm interested to see how raw and SmackDown progress. Uh, I'm interested to see what happens on dynamite and on NXT. It's, um, it, it's an interesting time. It's an unprecedented time. We'll see how the, how things work out. We'll see how things progress. It's going to be very strange because there's, all of them, all the brands are probably going to be a little bit shorthanded. Uh, they're going to have to get creative. They're going to have to get innovative. But I'm curious to see where it is. But if you want to check me out on the social media, the interwebs, it is uh, at Attitude Ag on Twitter. That is at Attitude AGG. On Facebook, facebook.com slash Attitude of Aggression. On Instagram, at Attitude of Aggression, all one word. And, of course, Bandwagon Nerds, where we begin the adventure of the top 50 video games of all time coming up this weekend. It's going to be fun. I'm really looking forward to seeing what you guys came up with because my list is filled with nothing but Atari 2600 games. So, jeez. Looking forward to uh, Pitfall and Ice Climber. That's going to be awesome. Life Force. Hashtag hashtag Life Force. Number one is Pong. Pong Uh should be number one. Oh, AJ, if you want to make a list, Sunday. No, I'm good. <laughs> too, too many of it will be PlayStation 1 and 2 games. He's like, I'll, no, I, will, I, will drop it, I will drop it exclusive right here. There is one Atari 2600 game on the list. Only one. Oh, is it the jungle one where he's swinging from the vines? Uh, maybe. We call that jungle one. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Might be Donkey Kong Jr. Okay. It could be. It could be adventure. You know, the whole thing that they made a whole fucking book and movie about that game, Ready Player One. So mm-hmm. it might be that. You never know. Unlocking doors right here. Much like unlocking doors, you need keys. So you can also hear a review of Lock and Key. I believe our episode six this week, right, Dave? Yep. Yes, sir. All and right. you never know, we might get Confessions of a Teenage Placenta thrown in there. You never can tell what's going to happen on that show. <laughs> Such, shit. Such good I, I shit. I thought we were done with that. Such good shit. <laughs> I'll, I'll give each of you one more sentence and I'm closing the show. Go ahead, AJ. Uh, I'm the youngest one on here and I'm even disgusted with Teenage Placenta. Ugh. All right, we're going in order of age, DB. In order of age? Why am I number two, then? Well, because I said I was closing it. Yeah, you wasted it on that question. <laughs> Go ahead, Dave. It turned about as fair play. You can't talk anymore! 
Look, two words. Tiger beat. I'm done. Tiger beat. He's going to be in his corner, baby. He's going to be in his corner. It's all because of his hair. Tiger beat. It's immaculate. It really is. I wish I had half that hair. I told you he was going to compliment your hair before the show over, and you've been listening. We never had attention on the podcast known as D W. Uh-huh.